Hello and welcome everybody. So what day to Schipoli to our 10th lesson of Latin and layman's here. I'm just going to go ahead, dive right into it. Thank you all for uh, giving me a follow. If you are, if you're not, you should definitely do that. Thanks for leaving me a review on Apple Podcast. If you have not done that, I uh, uh, beg of you to do that, please. Please. Anyways, um, so uh, we're going to be diving into... Uh, the seventh chapter in Wheelock, and this is going to be a little bit more in-depth, but we're going to be diving into the uh, third declension noun uh, and how we decline it. So uh, we've gone over both the first declension, we've gone over the second declension, masculine and neuter, and now moving on, we got the third declension. So um, we're going to address it, and uh, a fair question to ask, and one which some of you may be asking is, why is there a third declension like at all? Um, so third declension is Latin's catch-all category for nouns, essentially. So into it, uh, uh, they've put all nouns whose base ending bases end with consonants. So... Yeah, actually, yep, uh, really any consonant that makes third declension very different from first and second declension. Uh, first declension, as you remember, is dominated by an A stem sounding uh, or with nouns like famina and cura, puella, nauta, all that good stuff. Second declension is dominated by O or U stem nouns like emicus or oculus, um, if you think about it um, when I was going on on before about it uh, initially you know we have feminine endings that kind of correlate with uh proper nouns like excuse me nice little burpy burp there Ooh, i just cringed at saying that um <coughs> so in um the first declension uh for anything that pertained to uh feminine equality we have pronoun or proper nouns like julia and Cleopatra, and um, so many different ones. So, um, and then in the second declension masculine, we have Marcus, Julius, Brutus, uh, uh, Aurelius, uh, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, kind of uh, indicating uh, genders in a way. In fact, uh, because of those vowels, we're given uh, a bit of consistency with those declensions, right? So the same isn't really true, though, with um, the third declension, where one form, the nominative singular, is affected by the fact that its ending S runs into the wide variety of consonants found at the end of the basis of third declension nouns. Um, and the collision of those consonants cause irregular forms to appear in the nominative singular. That's the bad news of uh, this little declension here. Uh, but the good news is that the only uh, there's uh, that only one case and number is affected by this. Okay, uh, first okay of the day, the nominative singular. So all the other case endings begin with vowels. And consonants running into vowels do not create the same kind of problem that consonants running into consonants do. Um, thus, after the nominative singular, third declension forms are regular and predictable. Excellent. 
and here they are, although we'll leave both the nominative and the vocative singulars off in our uh, recitation here, just because the nominative is irregular and vocative is always the same as the nominative. Remember? So starting with the genitive, let's pronounce these endings. So we have easy, um, E, M, A. And then in the nominative plural, we have A's, um, ibus, A's, ibus. Uh, definitely different, but we do have kind of like some of the same patterns, like uh, the dative and the ablative plural being the same. Uh, up until now, we haven't learned any third declension nouns, so we'll, we'll uh, have to get one from our new vocab in Wheelox Chapter 7. So if you have that, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to use kiwi, kiwitas, kiwitatis, which is feminine in nature, but it's meaning state. So kiwitas, kiwitatis, kiwitati, kiwitatem, kiwitate, kiwitates, kiwitatitum, kiwitatibus, kiwitati. Tays, kiwita, tibus. Ugh. Alright. I'm not the best at it either. Um, while third declension looks very different in form from first and second declension, its translation is the same. Kiwitas, the state, singular. Kiwitatis, of the state. Kiwitati, to or for the state. Um, which is as much as I am willing to do for the state right now, okay? Second okay or third okay. Whatever. Anyways, I think you get it. Uh, those are the endings used for the masculine and feminine gender, but third declension includes all three genders. Unlike first declension, in which most of the nouns are feminine, or second declension, in which uh, most of the nouns are masculine and neuter, also, ugh, also unlike the uh, first and second declension, uh, all three genders in third declension decline in a similar fashion. Only neuter has a slight variation. So that's really nice. So masculine and feminine are actually, they decline the same uh, in the third declension. Notice the only difference between these and their masculine and feminine counterparts parts is the nominative, accusative, and vocative cases. So let's look at the plural first. So in the place of ES found in the nominative and accusative plural of the masculine and new feminine, um, there is an A, okay, for the neuter. In the singular, the neuter nominative and accusative utilize no ending at all. Um, that was an Indo-European trait inherited by Latin, essentially. But that does not mean the raw base simply sits there. Uh, because of the bases in their raw form, I guess, yeah, um, uh, since they were considered unpronounceable by the Romans, these lonely bases often uh, change form. So the neuter third declension word tempus declines as follows. Tempus, tempus, tempus with a U-S, temporis, tempori, tempus, same as the nominative singular and the accusative singular, right? And then in the ablative singular, tempore, with an E. Uh, in the uh, plural, we have tempora, tempororum, um, temporibus, tempora, temporibus. And then in the vocative, we have tempus, same as nominative singular. Notice that the base tempor, when left alone without an ending, will change into tempus. Uh, this is the this is because of the nature of Latin and how words are pronounced. In the ending, um, it's not the 
rather, in the end, it's not the endings that are going to cause problems for you in the third declension. It's going to be memorizing the gender and the nominative singular form, both unpredictable and often irregular. So that's the only uh, issue. That's why, um, you know, you just kind of get better and better as you go with reinforcing by just kind of translating and seeing these words over and over and over again. Repetition. So now let's look at some patterns that are useful in help, helping memorize the uh, this irregular third declension and its nominative singular forms. Excuse me. So firstly, if a base ends in uh, a G or a C, when it's combined with a nominative singular ending S, normally the nominative singular ending will appear as X, such as Rex Regis, meaning king, or Lex Legis, which means law, Pax Pacis, which means peace, Wox Wokis, meaning voice, and Dux Dukis, meaning leader and looks lukis meaning light so what i'm saying here is that uh, essentially this x turns in, into either a g or a c so rex r-e-x um turns into an r-e-g-i-s regis uh like lex and legis okay so secondly if the base ends in a t nt or a d and runs into the s most often what will happen is the nominative singular will end in S, sometimes NS. So, such as uh, Wirtus, Wirtus, uh, and Wirtutis, which means courage, or Kiwitas, Kiwitatis, meaning state, Salasalutis, uh, meaning health, and Laus Laris, meaning praise. So, if the N base ends in um, in on or in uh, and runs into uh, the S, it will contract down all the way to the letter O, such as um, homo, and then we have homo nice. So uh, in this uh, nominative singular, we have H-O-M-O, and then in the genitive singular, we have H-O-M-I-N-I-S, meaning human, wergo, um, werginis, which means uh, girl, and that's spelled V-I-G, V-I-R-G-O, V-I-R-G-I-N-I-S. So it's just, it, it, it looks like virgin meaning girl. Um, uh, or the name uh, Kikoro. Um, it's actually in the, uh, the classical uh, pronunciation. It's not Cicero, it's Kikoro. Uh, it would be Kikoronis. It's a hard C, meaning uh, Cicero or Kikoro, the great Roman orator. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. I have a lot more little um, of these formulas, but we're just going to go ahead, get a little interjection from our sponsor, Anchor, and then bring it right on back. So I appreciate you all. Hopefully I've uh, reeled you in. You're sticking with me so far as we'll uh, wrap up this third declension. So we're going to go jump right on into a little bit more of these um, these patterns that I'm, uh, I use um, that I feel are useful in helping memorize these irregular uh, nominative forms. 
uh, in the third declension. So without further ado, if the base ends in an R, when S is added, the nominative singular will be an ER as in pater and then patris meaning father, right? Paternity, patriarchy, um, uh, what else do we have? This stupid car is chapping my hide. Um, okay, so uh, next we have mater, matris, meaning mother. So we have maternity, matriarchy. Um, in fact, in late antiquity, we have matrimony. And um, so in, in, we refer to matrimony as such because in late antiquity, uh, when you, uh, when a woman was married, essentially, and made a mother... Um, or, I'm sorry, made a wife, she was essentially being made a mother, that's why they call it a matrimony. Um, uh, so that's a little etymological lesson there. A lot of these things uh, that Romans do are kind of ideological. They, they, they use words in order to explain things that, uh, you know, are very, uh, or what helps them, like, I guess, kind of uh, reduce it. Um, I'll go into ideological stuff because I'm all about that, especially with myths and understanding the unexplainable and uh, parables and myths and all that good stuff. But a little bit of a rant coming back to another pattern that the ba base ends in an AR with S added. It will remain as... What the heck was that? Eesh. It will remain as AR, as in Kaisar, Kaisaris, meaning Kaisar, the Roman general, or Exemplar, Exemplaris, meaning example. There's been a lot of stuff going on around here in Portland today. Um, I'm actually in the process of currently moving, but, uh, you know, we always have kind of like bi-weekly, um, well, there was just a, uh, uh, I want to say it was like a, uh, what do they call them? <laughs> Why is this blanking me right now? Um, there's a lot of demonstrations around here, and uh, the, the street in front of my apartment was blocked off for a while, and I was listening to a lot of people shout and stuff like that, so that's a bi-weekly thing, usually on Sundays or Thursdays. Catch me in Portland. Uh, and Portlandia kind of lives up to its uh, its name and uh, the show itself. Anyways, if the base ends in OR and is masculine or feminine, uh, with S added, it stays as OR, as labor, laboris, uh, meaning work, or amor, amoris, meaning love, and soror, sororis, meaning sister. If the word is or, or ER and is neuter, with S added, it will change to US, okay? So remember, there's no ending being added here, so it's actually a different contraction from amor or labor, such as tempus, right? When we decline tempus earlier in the neuter, we have tempus, and then we, we go to temporis, meaning time, corpus, corporis, meaning body, opus, operis, meaning work, um, and genus generis, meaning sort or kind, like a... Um, uh, like gens, gens gentis in the third declension means uh, clan or tribe. Like uh, you're, uh, 
I, I, I don't know why, but mine's not super sharp. I'm, I'm forgetting a lot of words right now. So forgive me, but I'm probably going to wake up in a cold sweat tonight, like three o'clock in the morning or rather tomorrow morning. And I'm just going to be like, and I'm going to remember all these words that I forgot. So thanks again for my brain. Definitely let me down right now. So if the base ends in it and S is added, the result will either be ES or UT, as in miles would be milites or milites rather, which would spell in the non-root singular M I L E S, and then in the genitive singular it would be M I L I T I S, means soldier, kind of like military, right? Or caput, caput. Capitis meaning head. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Let's see. Do I have any more? Let me do a little bit of a scan in my brain because I guess I'm a little foggy today. Uh, okay, so one more. Um, if the base ends in U-L or O-L and S is added, the result is U-L or O-L in the nominative singular, such as sol, solis, meaning sun, solar, or console, consolis, meaning council, um, a high executive officer in uh, the Roman government. Um, this should drive home the point that third declension is a catch-all category. That's why I went over all of these patterns, right? Like, I think I went over, like, I think there's eight or nine that I, I, I forget now because I had that little uh, commercial break. So here's the third declension noun, amor, meaning love, declined in full, minus the vocative, of course. Um, if we were to add the first declension uh, adjective, whereas, meaning true, creating the noun adjective cluster, true love. This is what that noun cluster would look like in Latin. So I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna ex uh, explain to you why they 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 are matching in uh, case number in gender, but not in form. Uh, but they do, uh, or rather, they they uh, they complement one another, or they create the little cluster true love. So we have amor veris, amoris veri, amori vero, amorem verum. Amore wero, and then in the plural we have amores weri, amororum uh, werorum, amoribus weris, um, amores wero, weros, and amoribus weris. So note, like I said before, though the endings do not look alike, these two words do in fact agree in number, gender, and case, but their endings look different because they belong to different declensional systems, right? Whereas second declension, and amor, third declension. In fact, be careful. This is what happens. So we kind of get, uh, when we're, uh, we start translating uh, strictly in the second declension or the first declension, we typically have, you know, our nouns and adjectives that describe our nouns to uh, agree across the board in gender, number, and case, and form. But in this case, when you're um, you're mixing the declensional systems. We have different forms because 
uh, just is what it is, right? Um, right? Because third declension has its own um, uh, vocabulary, essentially, whereas second declension has its own vocabulary, and they uh, decline differently. So, uh, so in fact, be careful, though, as well, with sometimes endings do look alike, in this case, amororum, uh, wherorum, but in fact, they are not alike because the base of the noun amor and the ending um, and it's ending um, rather, uh, the base of the adjective where and it's ending orum, right? O-R-U-M, that long genital ending that we see both in the first and second declension. Uh, so can you translate these forms? Amor us would be true love in its nominative, and then in its genitive, it would be of true love, and then to or for true love, true love as the direct object coming after its verb, and then true love as an opposite, uh, um, as, um, 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 blah, as an object of its preposition. Okay, so at the end of the day, let's wrap it up here. A third declension feminine noun with an adjective attached to it. So we have cuitas libera. Do these different looking endings on the noun and adjective make sense to you? And you can you translate that noun adjective cluster, right? Cuitas libera. So if we look at that, we have uh, the free citizens or the three uh, free people or what however you want to translate kiwitas citizenship again i always like to reiterate that liber means free or freedom and uh it also means book in latin and i just find that a, a great little correlation that both free and book are the same word because knowledge will set you free my friends ignorance is not bliss but sometimes it is if uh, you trump Ooh, just got political there um finally here's a third declension noun with a first declension adjective attached to it so we have tempus militum multum gosh tempus multum meaning much time do these endings here make sense to you, and can you translate this noun adjective cluster? Tempus multum. Remember, tempus is um, neuter, and then multum. Remember, if we if we look at it, it's an adjective in both the first and second declension. If we look it up in the back of the book, or a dictionary in the back of the book. <laughs> if we look it up into the back of the in the back of the book that I have never referenced before until now. Um, Multum declines as multa, multus, multum, right? So it goes through all three genders. In this case, it would just mean much time. So that wraps up this dealio session. Appreciate you all for sticking with me again. This is our 10th lesson. Um, probably going to be interspersing with a little bit more creative stuff. Maybe even uh, I'm thinking about doing a medical terminology one in the near future so stay tuned homies um again thank you very much go ahead and if you haven't 
Give me a follow on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. I actually just downloaded Apple Podcasts onto my iPhone because I guess I had deleted it when I first got my iPhone because I thought it was useless, but now it's of use. So, um, yeah, go ahead, pop on there. Leave me a, a review, five-star review. I'm going to hate you if you don't give me a five-star review. I'll find you and I'll kill you. Um, my name isn't Liam uh, for nothing. Because I'm related to Liam Neeson. I wish. Okay. Thanks, everybody. I'll catch y'all in the next one. Uh, Tempus est discovery.